Welcome back to the At The Yard Podcast. I'm your host, Les Lukach, and I am joined today by Prep Baseball Report Vice President of Scouting, Shooter Hunt. Shooter, it's been a while since we've had you on the podcast. Fired up to dive into all things draft here as we march towards the start of the high school season. How you been, bud? I've been good. Thanks for having me on. Good to be talking uh, Cali baseball. Yeah, absolutely. We're just about those 17, 18 days away from games, uh, you know, of importance and significance. We'll kick off with the PBR preseason invitational where we have a lot of these guys that we're going to talk about today in terms of draft prospects participating. Uh, But before we do that, you know, Shooter, uh, I just want to get some background info, some of your thoughts on a few of the hot button issues here as it revolves around the draft. And, you know, you were a first round pick in 2008 out of Tulane. You coached college baseball. You know, you sent some guys to to pro ball out of that position. So you've seen a lot of it here in the last 15 years and the evolution of it. And in your opinion, you know, aside from, say, maybe the technology and, you know, the, the ease of acquiring video, you know, what's the biggest difference, in your opinion, in 2023 um, compared to when you were going through this process, you know, for draft prospects? Um, well, first of all, that that preseason tournament that you got going on, I can't wait for that. <laughs> uh, I'm flying over. I got We start off in Florida earlier in that week, and then I fly to you for the semifinals. Like, incredible week for me. So kudos. Thanks for putting that together. Um but, but with regards to the draft and the differences the last 15 years, I think it, a lot has to do with how good the talent has become at a young age. Um, these high school kids are way better. You know, they're, they're rolling out, and it's, especially in California, where you're talking about on a big league roster, California represents twice any other state um, w- with regards to guys who are on that roster and where they're from. So when you look at the kids in your state especially – uh, I forget who I, I heard say this, but like there is a path to pro baseball, right? It's not a, a pipe dream for a kid in California. No, likely they know somebody who's in the big leagues or they've been around a top draft pick down by you in Orange County, especially you, you have so much talent in that one little area where it's not out of the question to be the first overall pick. It's not out of the question to be an all-star. So these kids kind of expect it um, e- even throughout the depths, whereas in a, another Northern state or somewhere else, just being that number one guy in the state means a lot. Um, I, I think California just has so much talent with regards to that. But the youth level, the high school programs, the the summer ball programs, the the guys giving lessons, hitting, pitching wise, the technology, the the trackman data, the blast data, everything that goes into it. These guys are getting better in a hurry. And um, coming out of high school, they're probably expecting to be in the big leagues in two three years. It's no longer five, six, seven years. I'm going to have to put in my time, get 10,000 at-bats, this many innings. A lot of these guys are, hey, I'm ready to roll at 2021. Like, I, I want to go get get as much used. Um, it's definitely a youth movement, but that's what I've seen the last 15 years to the point now where it's the, these guys are hitting the, the ground running. You know, we hear a lot in California, oh, other states are catching up. You know, the explosion of the indoor facilities certainly is aiding that. And do you, do you see that being the case where, you know, a guy from, you know, say Minnesota, for example, has, you know, as much opportunity to, you know, be seen by scouts or have that opportunity to potentially be that high round draft pick? 
Well, I, I definitely think um, the industry in general, and you look at the, the big leagues clubs, they're looking for those outliers. Where can we find value that other teams aren't seeing it, right? So everybody's seeing Royce Lewis, Royce Lewis and uh, Hunter Green, right? Those guys are right in front of their face. But who are these other guys we can find that somebody else might not see that? And what can we do with it? Player development, huge. Um, and you, you talked about those indoor facilities around the country. The player development's gotten so good. You look at what driveline's done, tread, what, whatever it might be, it's allowed people not in those one specific spots that can be outdoors all the time to kind of catch up. Uh, but I will say, it, it, and you said the season's starting in 15 days or whatever. <laughs> I feel like it never actually ends with you guys playing Christmas tournaments and all, all sorts of games. Um, it, it still is. Um, you, you do need those reps, and especially for hitters. And I think that's why you see so many Southern hitters have, or I say Southern, warm weather hitters um, do better. They they have those 10,000 reps that they get to earlier. And now the learning curve is a little bit easier for them. Um, but the, the talent gap is not that far. It's just when will these guys reach that? What, what do they need to do to get to it? And maybe some of the California kids who are playing all the time, it's just – an easier, easier evaluation uh, process. We see them against good guys. They have tons of at-bats. We kind of know what this is and what it could become. Okay, this is easy versus a kid who's you know, playing hockey for four months a year and picks up the bat now. It needs a warm weather, needs three years in college, needs uh, 1,500 at-bats in the minor leagues. Oh, yeah, now he's a big league hitter. Um, so there's definitely some differences, but – I think it all kind of starts in California. Who, who's good there? I, I think whenever you and I talk, it's who's the guy? Who is it? Who is yeah. he? Yeah, and, and, and we're going we're gonna to jump into that here in just a minute. And before we do that, though, you know, obviously NIL is, is taking over college athletics, right? And, and we hear these ridiculous stories of high school kids getting, you know, $8, $10, 13000000 million to go to a school to play football. We're starting to see the trickle down into basketball. And do you think that, it'll get to a point in baseball. And I've heard some crazy stories about recently of a guy, a couple of guys that were drafted last year out of California. They told me some stories that they had heard, you know, had been shared with them as it pertains to NIL. Um, and it's, it's nuts, right. In some areas, do you, do you feel that, uh, uh, that, that uh, the NIL will trickle down into baseball maybe not at the level that it has at football, but on some level? Um, yeah, I think you'll see it more in small bits and pieces um, as as the sport changes. I don't think there's so much money in, in college baseball right now where you're going to see, like, these guys are all making millions of dollars. Well, there's a reason why those football teams are, are doing that. There's a reason why the Big Ten TV contract's so big, um, why the SEC – uh, TV contracts so big. It's not yet because of college baseball. It's it's basketball, especially football, paramount above all those. Though I, I think there'll be some things with NIL where kids will go out and do their their deals, like the batting gloves, ten percent off, whatever it may be. Um, and there may be a some money put aside, but I don't think baseball right now is. I think there's definitely some tall tales out there right now that everybody's hearing. But it may not be just as much as people think that they're they're getting. Yeah, dude. Well, yeah, tall tales. Uh, you know, those are the dagger. But 
right. All right, Shooter, you recently put out an article on prepbaseballreport.com, you know, helium guys, potential helium guys uh, heading into their senior season as we look, look ahead to the draft. And wanted to just chat about some of those guys here in California, and then we'll, we'll jump into some other guys. We'll bounce around here. I mean, no particular order on these guys. It certainly doesn't reflect our opinion of them, uh, just more of just a general order. And, you know, one of the guys that made your list is uh, Trent Carraway down at Jay Sarah, guy we've seen now for a number of years, had a fantastic season for Jay Sarah, helping them win the CIF championship last year. And then went out and had and backed it up in the summer on the national level. Uh, you know, let, let's talk a little bit about Caraway here in Oregon State commit. Yeah, and you talk about bouncing around. I think that's something you have to do in this 23 class. Um, I, I thought 22 in California, what, it, every year is really good. 22 is fine. It, it wasn't like blowing you away like this 23 group is where you're going 50, 60 deep. And you look at guys where hey, this guy very easily could have been in the top 15 last year in the state. You know, um, that's how much talent there is. You have to really sift through the list um, and find lots of guys. Uh, but I, I did put Trent Carraway in that mix. And he was a guy we've been following for a while, right? Hey, this guy's done well in the Trinity, Trinity League. Uh, good player. I start going through the summer. I think he was playing with the Canes National. Is that is that right, Les? Yep. Yep. So he's with the Canes. So I'm following a, a kid in the East Coast, Kevin McGonigal, checking out how he's doing. And then throughout the summer, I'm calling you saying, hey, this McGonigal kid's really good, but Caraway's getting two and three hits every time we're seeing him. Every time out there, he does this. Um, and there's just an intent to the way he goes about his business that is workmanlike and it expects success. He's on time, right-handed hitter. There's some physicality there. Um, I, I thought he was actually smaller than he is. You get up close to him, like, this is a good-sized kid um, who can stick at shortstop, Oregon State recruit, kind of looks like some of those guys that Oregon State has brought in in the past and thinking Caden Griner, um, a, a couple of the other ones. He's probably more physical and can impact the baseball. And then you have him in the Trinity League. He's at Jay Sarah, who could be the top team in the country. Um, he's handled good pitching in the past, but just how hard he hits the baseball and the fact that he plays a premium position is something that really helps when you look at who are these guys going to be that are helium dudes. It's an easy place to start. Find Southern California, find Orange County, find the Trinity <laughs> League. Who's good? Right. And, and you know, it, I'm glad you mentioned the physicality. I had a chance to see them over MLK weekend and, you know, was down on the field there with, you know, chatting with the coaches and whatnot. And, Man, you're right. I mean, he looks like he is just, I mean, he looks like a professional ball player already. I mean, the, the size of, of his lower half really caught my attention. It looks like he's, you know, been hitting the squat rack quite a bit here the last several months. But, you know, he's he's a physical, physical player who, who like you said, I think can stick at shortstop. But let's, let's shift over to a guy who maybe right now doesn't have the physical tools but the physical projection on him, I mean, just oozes projection here. And I'm talking about Will Gasparino, the outfielder at Harvard Westlake, uh, University of Texas commit. We had him out at Future Games a couple of years ago, where he where he really blew up. Not only did he blow up there, we, I left that Future Games, which was stocked with talent. A lot of draft guys saying Will Gasparino's is the best draft talent at this event, and he's almost unicorn-like because he runs like a gazelle. <laughs> He's about 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. There's big power, quick hands. He turns the barrel with some authority. Um, it's just freaky athleticism. 
And there's some inconsistencies in the path at times, which happens with longer limbs. But when you have the outputs that he produces, he's coming from a factory that just produces big leaguers. Um, that always helps. But that, that's what I really liked about Gasparino. I think this frame's only going to get better. When you're looking at a kid professionally at 17, 18, hey, we don't need him to be a big league all-star at 19. But what could he be in four years? That's an impact potential superstar type if he continues to progress at the rate he's been doing for four years. Um, and then tying back to what I was talking about earlier, when you're down there, you kind of expect it. Like, he, he's been around big leaguers. I mean, Harvard-Westlake, it's just first round or second they just have tons of draft picks so it's not far-fetched for him to believe like i can do this and i'd expect a big year from him along with harvard westlake in general yeah and you talked about a guy that you know the projection and a guy you can dream on there in gasparino but another guy who you know we joey had an opportunity to see this weekend and is a guy whose name continues to come up when you have these conversations about who's the guy in southern california cole schoenwetter up in santa barbara um, a ucsb commit yeah i mean joey saw him like i said this weekend touched 95 was living 92 93 Pretty good slider, uh, really good feel for the changeup. I mean, here's another guy who you saw some this summer uh, who is climbing boards at a rapid rate. And uh, I also put out that Helium article on on some arms. And I will admit on, on the cutting board table at the bottom, <laughs> it just said California pitcher. Because somebody was going to pop. I, I, Sean Wetter was a guy when we put out our initial draft board. He had his own highlight because I'm like, I think this is like those gut feel guy. I think he should be higher in the end, which he will. We have an update coming up soon. Um, but man, uh, you see Coach Checkets, you see Santa Barbara. They've just when they when you see an arm commit to there right now, it's you, you really have to follow it closely because they they seem to be finding those guys and they develop them really well. Showing letters in their backyard, which was very helpful for them. Um, but it comes out of the hand well, super athletic. The frame stands out, checks a lot of boxes to the point where you start looking at it like, yeah, this is pretty easy top 50 guy that we're looking at. You, um, When we go through the draft process, there's kind of that sweet area for high school right-handers. So you're talking like picks 25 through 40. Okay, that second pick around, like, is this the time where guys can go after a guy like Sean Wetter? I mean, he could go higher throughout the spring with, with how – how much, how well he is, how well he's doing to start and how much higher I think he can get to. Um, but he's a slam dunk in that conversation right now. It's not many guys to consider. I would say, and this is, you know, just speaking bluntly, he's too low on our list right now. Um, so I'd expect him to rise. That's a, you know, giving away some secrets internally, <laughs> but yeah, I expect he just moves too well down the mound. The ball jumps out of the hand, and I think there's tons to work with with regards to player development. You know, you 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 often mention you know when a pitcher commits to Santa Barbara, that's a guy that you want to follow, you want to track his his path there because you know obviously they're renowned for developing pitchers. You know, let's move up the road here, up the five freeway, up to NorCal, and another guy who's going to a program at UCLA that is again renowned with Coach Savage for developing pitchers. Cal Randall out of De La Salle is a guy that, uh, you know, has the potential with a big spring to really climb up draft boards and potentially be the top guy up in Northern California. Yeah, and 
I'd be lying to you if I haven't looked at De La Salle's schedule already and have some circle <laughs> dates um, to go down there and check. I love the way that Cal Randall moves down the mound. The ball whips out of his hand. I think there's still some st- polishing that for his all-around game, which is why you talked about Coach Savage and, and UCLA program that is <laughs> is one of the top two to five programs in the country at producing pitching. Um, they're probably hoping they get a guy like Cal Randall down there. Um, I think he's got Friday night potential. It's electric stuff when it's on. Um, what is his signability? That remains to be seen. Um, but I don't think you can go wrong with trying to hit on a Cal Randall who could be a frontline type guy. He's got some unteachableness to him. Yeah, so then let's shift gears over to some position players that you, you know, a couple of them you mentioned in your article. And let's start with the shortstop Roman Martin at Servite is a guy who really, really blew up last year in the spring, you know, went on to be the co-MVP of the Trinity League, went out, had a, a pretty solid summer, area codes the whole bit, and continues that here into the fall. I've seen them a couple times in the fall, and, you know, he's swinging a hot bat. And, you know, what do you got on Roman Martin in terms of, you know, another UCLA commit in terms of the, you know, the draft and his positioning? Roman Martin is... One of the bigger uh, perplexing situations of this draft. How about that, Les? Uh, uh, okay, now, now you got to follow that up with an explanation. Um, <laughs> he is ultra talented, and I think he might be the purest shortstop in the country where, hey, this guy's upside to really stick there. Big league level, this guy can play here. It's a premium arm across the diamond. Um, I liken him to, oh my gosh, what's the kid's name? Carson Williams. Yep. Um, Very similar all-around games. Carson was on the mound. He can pitch. Roman can pitch a little bit. You know, really athletic kid. Roman might be a little bit bigger than him. There was some swing and miss present throughout the summer when I would see it, but when he makes contact, it comes off different. How hard can you hit the baseball? Um, and his ability to impact that baseball and accelerate, but even more so to stick at shortstop. You got to pay for that, right? Premium position. Yeah. Dude can really defend. Um, uber athletic. The glove, the hand, everything works out there. I think the bat will continue to come around. And right, that my limited looks. Right, I get to see him in this spot, this spot. But then you go back to he's playing in the Trinity League. How how did he do last year? Less. Co MVP. Co MVP. So like, <laughs> you start to, hey, don't overthink this. Um, how do we mitigate this, this risk here? Hey, this guy produced against really good competition. What has he done in the past? Those games I wasn't at, which is something we do, we're tracking throughout the spring. Just because we're not there doesn't mean we're not locked in. Roman Martin produced. We're going to be out there this year. He'll probably see the best pitching. Not only the best pitching, he's going to see the best pitches. Every time he comes up, he's going to get to see something. How does he handle that? Um, I would think... I think we I I throw him out there as a, a dark horse one one potential. Hey, he's in the Trinity League. Lots of going on. He hits 480 this year. Has 12 bombs. Looks the part at shortstop. Hey, now do, do the Pirates want to take a chance on on this kid out of nowhere at at this price point? Um, he can explode. He has that type of athleticism. I will not put it out of the question that in the next four years he's making huge jumps. Um, which is why UCLA probably wants to get him on campus first and then usher him uh, to to professional baseball in three years. But he, he's the biggest circle on my list. Come down for the tournament. When can I see Roman Martin? 
Yeah, and then another guy who, you know, you, you the theme here with the hitters so far has been how hard can you hit the baseball and a guy that, you know, punishes baseballs to the tune of, you know, being intentionally walked and, you know, teams employing the shift on him. Gavin Grahovic at a Villa Park, Texas A&M commit, uh, you know, seems like we've been watching this guy for a decade now uh go you know now he's a senior over there at villa park a team that is loaded with talent and you know should have an opportunity to make a special run after a a quarterfinal run last year you know grovic had a huge spring kind of tapered off a little bit during the summer uh but you know he seems to be back in action he hit a bomb in his first at bat this past weekend of the fall you know what do you got on on grovic and his potential in terms of the draft you know how much I like Grohovic. Um <laughs> I do. <laughs> I've been a big fan of that since since early on. Um, I love the poise, the athleticism, his ability to change planes, just manipulate barrel. Um, but like you talk about that physicality, his his ability to impact the baseball is something that stands out. Um, there was some swing and miss a little bit again throughout the summer, which happens. Um, he is right, right. Where does he fall into the draft process? He, especially for me, when we're going through these rankings wise, like, hey, okay, you're not, if, if Major League Baseball doesn't value at the level, level, or value him at the level that he thinks he's at out of high school, I expect him to go to the SEC, Texas A&M, and three years from now, they're going to pay up. Um, and he, I'm not putting this kind of pressure or, or competent outside of the situation, but Dylan Cruz, who's the top draft prospect this year, LSU, kind of similar profiles coming out of high school where right-handed hitter, okay, the summer was was solid, it was good summer, but wasn't up to the level of where Dylan Cruz was being talked about in the top 10 picks out of high school, but look mm-hmm. where he is now. And that that's something where Grohovic, if he gets to school, well, somebody's going to pay for him unless at this point a, an organization wants to say, hey, we value this, we know it's coming, it's going to be there. We'll pay now for him so that we can get him in the system for three years and, and get him up. So you know how big a fan I am of Gavin Grohovac. So whether it's getting drafted this year or in three years, playing on TV every day in the SEC, it, it's it's a good choice for him either way. Yeah, at some point he's going to get paid, I think, is the bottom line there. <laughs> and, and, and another guy who who has the potential to you know, get paid, whether that's at the end of this spring or, or in three years coming out of Texas. Casey Borba out of Orange Lutheran, you know, is a guy, again, we had at Future Games a couple of years ago, and it's a guy who uh, just all he seems to do is hit. You know, and not just this year, every year, since he was a freshman at, you know, one of the top five programs in the country at Orange Lutheran, um, he's been able to produce. And I feel like every time I've watched him, and he's gotten better each time, right? Each mm-hmm. year it gets better. The frame gets more physical. He f- finds another way to to, um, to adjust in at bat. But it's almost like everybody doubts Casey Borba, and each time he comes up and proves them, proves them wrong. And he's continued to do it for three years. He did it all summer. He did it in the fall. He goes out there, all these mega events with you know the top prospects in the country. And it's, who is this guy? I was streaming games throughout the summer. And you watch, I'm like, this kid's taking a great at bat. Who, oh, line drive in the gap, double, turns up, gets the third on a throw. Who is, uh, Borba. Yeah. And he'll play first base, he'll play third base, probably can go to the outfield if, if need be. He's going to find his way in the lineup. 
win games, whether he signs this year and somebody wants to go out and, and draft that or go to Texas and enjoy Austin and, and for three years be a huge asset to that program in the SEC at that point um, and then get drafted. It's, it's just been a treat to watch him for three years, a kid who just keeps getting better. Yeah, and another guy that, that just keeps getting better, Eric Batanti out at Aquinas, mm -hmm. the Oregon commit. I mean, he looks the part, right? I mean, he's 6'3", 6'4", left-handed hitting shortstop, has been playing shortstop all fall. I saw them twice, and, you know, by those just brief looks, it appears as though he has the athletic ability to potentially stay there. Now, granted, if he adds, you know, 20 pounds to his frame, they might shift him over to a corner. Uh, but we're talking about one of one of the best pure hitters, in my opinion, in Southern California in this class. Granted, the summer was what it was. He, he scuffled a bit. Uh, but what we've seen, I think, the last three years and then against again this fall, uh, to me, you know, I, I feel comfortable saying that, that he is one of the best pure hitters. Oh, without a doubt. And you talked about that frame. He commands the at-bat and he takes up the entire box. Um, and I think the number two player in the class is Kid Walker Jenkins from North Carolina, a lead hitter, similar frame to Batanti. So those those on the West Coast, California, are following, who's this Walker Jenkins kid? He looks very similar to Grohovac size-wise, square shoulders, big elite frame. What I like that – or um, – what I, what I liked about Batanti this summer was how he moved at third base. I thought he was more, he surprised me with his athleticism um, so that he could start out there. I think he's probably going to be a corner outfielder or a corner infielder. The bat will play. He's shown that power. The first time I saw him was during COVID summer at Lake Point, you know, driving the ball the opposite field. He can really cover the plate. I, I think even more power is going to come. He's just coming into his own. He's super young for the class. I want to say he'll be at 17 on draft day, mm -hmm. which will only aid him in those algorithms, especially with a lot of teams who are valuing how young is he, how hard does he hit the baseball. The Tanti does both those things really well. Um, so, yeah, yeah, we'll see how the spring shakes up. He's performed well on big stages in front of important people at times. So that, that will definitely give him a boost. And uh, I, I think you've seen it with some of the – the more cutting edge teams, I'm thinking like the, the Yankees have drafted some guys down your way. What is it? Spencer? Spencer uh, Jones. Spencer Jones. Some of those taller guys, like Batanti has some Spencer Jones about him. I, I would say it comes, um, we'll see. They're very similar. So he could definitely sift his way up into that first round discussion. Yeah, just a quick note on Jones. I do recall telling you I liked him more as a hitter than a pitcher. You were on that. I was like, this kid rakes. He's got a big yeah. arm, but I think he can hit it. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Shooter, those are some of the, the guys that, you know, that could find themselves going early in the draft with the big spring. But I want to shift gears and talk about some guys who – can find themselves hearing their name called at some point in the 20 round draft uh, in, in the spring with the, or pardon me, in the summer after a big spring. And, and you touched on Batanti being 17 at the, you know, at the day of the draft and another guy who's will be 17 and a guy we had at the pro case uh, in the summer or pardon me, in the fall was 91-93, wipeout slider and a really good changeup. Uh, Brenner Waiolama out of uh, North Torrance High School. 
right-handed pitcher, you know, 6'3-ish, you know, has really, really done a good job on working on his frame and and, and getting stronger and and kind of cutting up and leaning up the frame. What what do you got on on Wyolama? Uh, He's a California pitcher, so he's part of the helium index. Um, (laughs) That's what I would say, like, finding those arms that are going to pop, like you start who who is in California? Who's on a list? Why allow me to talk about being at that pro case, which less that those the pro cases you guys run out in California, I'll tell you, it's got quite the uh, alumni base built in, <laughs> whether NorCal, SoCal, guys who show up to that, uh, they, they end up peaking and, and uh, really jumping up, whether it's in that year or three years later. A la Paul Skeens, um, yep. but while I'm definitely in that mix of guys, they're going to need to be seen that I'll be pressing you about throughout the spring. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we've got a number of guys here to talk about. I'm going to just come and kind of come in hot and heavy uh, based on conversations I've had with, with scouts here locally. Uh, you know, these are guys that, that, need to be seen who certainly have, you know, the potential to, to rise up those draft boards. And, you know, Cam Kim is a guy I, I've, I've really liked the bat on him for a number of years. Uh, I really like the defense at shortstop and thinking that he'll have a, a true chance to stay there. UCLA commit uh, Cam Kim. Yeah. Wait, wait. Everything is crisp. When Cam get, Kim gets on the field, there's attention to detail on, on the infield at shortstop, he'll probably be a left side defender, finds the glove in the right spot. Then you get to the plate, and, and you've seen it just as much as I. Swings a heavy barrel, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the ball gets the, or that gets the barrel to the ball, and there's definite power to the pull side right now, and it doesn't take much effort. He's balanced at the plate, kind of reminiscent of what you see from a lot of UCLA hitters. Um, so that that's something to follow for sure. Um, but shortstops southern california find them who are they where are they yeah absolutely and uh uh going back behind the plate now another former future gamer caden hediger up at sierra canyon you know lost the majority of last season to a to an injury he's back fully healthy um again i i just go back to the, the the conversations i've had with scouts i know that there are are three teams that are very very intrigued by him he's a switch hitting catcher has played third base we saw him at the future game shooter and, and even before that when watching sierra can i forget who was watching it that game as as a sophomore and i text you like i don't know who's this hediger kid like he can mm-hmm. kind of turn barrel pretty good gets a gets on plane early um and can catch but you talked about last year Rankings-wise, where he, he's injured, okay, we'll sit here on him. Hey, he's still good. we got to keep an eye on this kid. Where's he going to be? It sounds like he's off to a good start in early on in the preseason. Um, but he's got that physicality of the frame. He's a switch hitter. Um, that's always helpful. And it, uh, I'd expect him to get considerable looks, as you just spoke about. Excuse me. And then um, we'll go back over to Norco. Cam Kim's teammate, and, and this is a guy I've been – texting you about a lot and kind of getting in your ear a lot about because here's a freakishly athletic outfielder that's got some some just some raw power in the bat he's he signed at ucla uh, to play wide receiver uh to give you an indication of his athleticism grant gray the outfielder uh yeah you, you just told me about him like who is this guy he's on kim's team oh he's definitely gonna have eyes on him then um you talk about was it john john vaughn's who's at yep. ucla now mm-hmm um a football player who's performed well getting those athletes there right 
what what can we do with this guy? He's probably got some physicality, can obviously run. Um, we'll see uh, if they can get him away from the gridiron for enough time to really make those jumps. But he's a must-see. I'm going to be coming down to that tournament. I have to get eyes on what could this guy be. It, can mm-hmm. he be a big-time draft name? Um, yeah, you, you surprised me with that guy. I was like, whoa, whoa, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go up to NorCal and talk about a few guys that, that you've seen or that you saw in the summer. Uh, one of them, a couple of them, actually all of them, you probably saw multiple times, uh, if not more. Uh, let's start with the catcher, Ryder Helfrick, uh, big bat, Arkansas commit. What do you got on him? Yeah, um, Ryder don't get cheated. I'll tell you that. <laughs> From the right side, he's timing up. He's trying to jump on things early, um, and he's he's got power. Solid catcher behind the plate, can receive, call a game, catch and throw. Um, it's all there. He's done well in in. Um, big situations so there there will definitely be those eyes in norcal and when i split it up nationally and i've spoken to you about this in the past like norcal goes into a big five like if we just broke the state in half uh you're talking florida georgia texas california split those in half norcal and socal that's a big five um that's how much talent's coming out of each half of the that state of your state um but Helfrick's definitely leading the way, uh, along with several others. There's a ton of arms in NorCal this year, um, but he'll definitely get tons of looks and love, even though, I mean, we don't know the NIL details. There could be some NIL uh, Triscuits in, in the mix from, from the Razor, Razor Bats. All right, stay, staying in NorCal, you know, a guy that, that I've liked for a number of years, big power bat who can also twirl it on the mound, Nolan Stevens. Uh, committed to Mississippi State, you know, out of Franklin High School there in Elf Grove. Mm-hmm. You saw him a bunch this summer. Um, what What's your take on him? How high do you think he can go and where? Or I guess not where, but what position do you think that his his biggest upside has, is? I, I always try to side with a position player to start. Um, and Steven's obviously an athlete competitor two way can get things done, gets out. He's in the low nineties on the bump from the left side. Um, it's a powerful left-handed stroke. Um, two summers ago, it, it was elite. Oh, this is a big time power guy. And the, hopefully listeners know loyal Marymount has that big, is it a blue monster? Oh, the blue monster. Yeah. Monster. He's clear on that oppo in game, which was eye opening. Oh my, this guy's got serious power. There's some swagger to the way he answers the bo- the box, uh, more swing and miss. The timing was just off when I saw him throughout the summer, but it shouldn't detract from the fact that he's got physicality. He's got a powerful left-handed bat. Um, we'll see what happens throughout the spring. I kind of side with, he'll probably end up in Starkville, um, at Mississippi state where they produced a ton of, you know, big time draft picks, especially, with regards to those bats, um, I think it's about 310 down the line there, right? So that, that would be helpful. For him. <laughs> um, well, although he doesn't need it. But I, I, I could see him getting the campus and then three years. And, and you're seeing it a lot in NorCal, especially with those guys going east to the SEC. Blake um, Burke, right? Blake Burke comes to mind, right? Blake I mean, Burke a guy that goes to Tennessee and just blew up last year. Yeah, but and I was a huge Blake Burke guy early on. I was not expecting him to blow up as much as he did. You check out his numbers because that team was so good at Tennessee. He kind of got lost in the shuffle. He won't get lost this year. Um, I would think he's leading the charge on Team USA this summer as you know one of the big power bats and draft names headed into next year. Um, but I, I think that 
I would side with Nolan Stevens probably going to get the campus. He competes, you know, SEC. You're talking about, hey, I can go in the third or fourth round now, or I can go to campus for three years, do really well, and be a first-rounder. So that's kind of what you're looking at. All right, uh, staying in NorCal, only a few more guys here. Uh, Aiden Keenan, you like what you saw about uh, from Keenan this past summer? Uh, what's your gut tell you on Aiden Keenan after a let's just let's just assume a very significantly positive spring? He's a Stanford commit, so that's <laughs> that's kind of where you got to start. Where hey, it's it's tough to grab a Stanford guy and sign him away in the draft. Um, but the, the arm talent alone, I would expect to see upper nines from him. Um, it, it hops out of the hand, solid changeup. The spin's going to have to progress a little bit. The breaking ball, it's good. It's, or it's, you know, more of an average pitch. Now, if that ticks up, that's when you start to think about this guy could really jump into that consideration with a shown wetter and, and really explode to that level draft wise in those top 40 picks. Um, and I'm, I'm sure Coach Eager in the, on the pitching side of things at Stanford is hoping that doesn't happen until next fall um, when he's on campus. But it, it's there's again, I talk about that unteachableness like that arm moves at a different rate. It's um, a, a loose, continuous arm stroke jumps out of the hand. The fastball can really get uh, on you in a hurry, especially that first time through the lineup. It, it's something that gets on hitters. It's more getting them off that fastball that second time through is what we will look to see throughout this spring. And another guy headed down to the SEC out of SoCal this time, uh, Dean Curley, the shortstop. You had an opportunity to see him uh, a couple times this spring, or pardon me, this last summer. Uh, you know, we I've seen him once here in the fall. Uh, you know, they, but there was actually the week before he headed out to Tennessee and committed there. Um, and I like what I've seen. I'm, I'm interested to hear what your take is on, on his potential in the draft. Yeah. That physicality and that frame just jump off the page at you. Like this kid looks like a big leaguer. He's going to add another 20 pounds of strength too. Um, he's going to develop even more. doesn't take too much for him to produce those big outputs. The ball jumps off the bat. It's almost a controlled swing at times. And it's surpri- it surprises your eyes to see like, oh, wow, that ball like, came off really hard. It looked like he was hardly swinging. Um, big frame, good at shortstop. I think he probably shifts more to third base, second base in the future. Yeah, could be wrong. Um, <laughs> but that physicality at the plate, we'll see what happens draft-wise. I, I, you know, I always side with the California kid. You better, you know, they're going to have tons of eyes on him. We'll see what he signs for. Um, but, yeah, fit the the physicality that he brings to the table. It was eye-opening. We had our big national program invitational MPI at Lake Point in Atlanta to kick off the summer. That Alpha um, Prime team was there. They were they were stacked. Um, and at our pro case for it, that's where he really jumped on the map. Was like, who is this kid? Yeah. Um, and that's an event that had Max Clark, all, all big-time names. And Dean Curley was the guy I walked away with. Like, hey, this is the dude we got to follow this summer. And then he even lucked out later on in the summer at area codes, he played for the, the Northeast team. So it looked, yeah. he got like double the amount of bats that any of the kids on Southern California got. Yeah. He, he, he got a, caught a good break there. Um, uh, all right. We we're down to the last couple of guys here. Shooter. Uh, Luke sure is a catcher. I've, I've just been really fond of for the last three years. He's a very, very sharp kid. He's incredibly bright. Uh, I remember future games when we had him out with us, you know, he 
comes back in the dugout and he's asking all the right questions, right? Just trying to get better. Uh, the bat to me has potential to be pretty special. He has really, really improved the catch and throw and just his overall defense. Uh, and, and this is a guy out of a Ukaipa program that has, you know, they've sent guys to pro ball. Taiwan Walker's an alum. You know, he's in the big leagues. And so it, it's not something that he's unfamiliar with or that the program is unfamiliar with. Unfamiliar with. They have some tough kids there too. So yes. <laughs> that, that doesn't hurt his, his situation. It also doesn't hurt that, he took a 100-mile-an-hour fastball and drilled it almost through a wall at USD uh, <laughs> late in the summer. Um, again, he can impact the baseball. From the right side, there's power there. I think back to the kid at modern day, back, I want to say it was 2017, Blake Hunt. Yep. Um, you know, how far away is he from that second rounder? And I would say he's definitely a better hitter right now. So um, we'll see what happens with him throughout the throughout the year. But being at Ukaipa, they've had those draft picks. Guys got to see him a little bit last year because was it Reimer that was there last year? Yep. Um, so they got to see him last year, and you were locked in on that. Shame on me. I, I was not uh, glued to him at the future games as much as I should have been, and as much as you were telling me to be. Um, <laughs> but I definitely got to see it this summer. It's a reason why he shot up into the top hundred nationally. It's it's a guy that we pushed in chips on, and I'm sure there are definitely some. Um, organizations that value him just as much as we do yeah and we've talked about kind of some freakishly athletic guys here and and the last dude that that i want to bring up and you know last but not least this is per se is uh winnaker over at at edison high school another ucla commit I mean, this is a guy that has shown he can play shortstop, at least now, uh, you know, but certainly uber projectable out in center field where he can really track it down, uh, you know, and, and the bat, the bat has shown a whole lot of consistency. Yeah. And I think in the article I put out with, with those helium guys, he was in the mix and he is, I, I'm at a loss of word or I'm not describing it right. Cause it's not the big, biggest question mark. It's more like, we have to watch this guy because he has some freaky athleticism and he's about six, five really moves. Well, finds the barrel. Like he just, and that was the update from you and the other guys I've talked to in the state of California is like, this kid always gets hits. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's definitely going to find some value from the organizations. In my look this summer, he looked ahead of where I had Henry Bolte who had a huge end of last summer, and route to becoming a second rounder for the A's um, out of NorCal. So I, I think the sky is the limit for wh where he could be with a big spring. Um, and whether or not he makes it to UCLA, we'll, we'll just wait and see. <laughs> yeah, you know, he'll have that opportunity, right? I mean, certainly his league is, is, is nothing to sniff at. And, you know, there's always the big matchups with Huntington Beach, who has, you know, Rafi Velasquez is a guy that, that you know, well, let's jump into Velasquez because he's a guy, a uh, shooter with a big power bat uh, from the left side. Uh, he's got that clutch gene, as we've seen uh, time and time again. Uh, you know, fiddled around a little bit at third base last year, played a little first base, but, uh, you know, he looks like a, he's all in behind the plate now mm -hmm. and uh, has shown some improvement there. But uh, I get the sense that with a guy like Velasquez, you know, uh, you're definitely buying the bat, if you will. Yeah, and we, we keep bouncing around because there's so many names. <laughs> on the way out, I'll, I'll just be yelling names like, you got to watch this guy. Um, yeah. But Ralph Velasquez, 
since he was a rising freshman. I think that was the first time I saw him at um, Great Park. Uh, just a sweet left-handed stroke. Obviously, the power is elite. Um, pro- might have the best raw power in the class. You put him up against anybody nationally. But what separates him is the ability to hit. He's on time. He slows things down. Um, Catching-wise, it's still a work in progress. He's, you're probably betting on him as a first baseman um, if you're drafting it. But more than anything, you're drafting that powerful left-handed uh, stick. Um yeah, and he's coming out of Huntington Beach where they produce guys. We're talking about all these big-time programs. Huntington Beach is, is right up there with all of them. Um, and, yeah, I can't say enough. I, I think if you press a lot of West Coast coaches and scouts, they very well you might get a, a solid, solid gathering to say, like, Ralph Velasco is the best hitter on the West Coast and would challenge anybody nationally, especially with, with regards to upside and just how hard he hits the baseball. I mean, gosh, we just we just talked about 12, 15 guys and, and, you know, the two or three, four of those guys, you could say, potentially are the best hitters on the West Coast. I mean, are we spoiled down here or what, Shooter? Yes. Yes, you are. And I know I'm upset that I, I caught rain on Martin Luther King weekend. You know, how how often does it rain by you guys? I, mean, I get rained out. So. Yeah, that was a bummer. It, it, you know, it's a shame because we missed out on a lot of good baseball there. But shooter, you know, uh, unless if I, I want to point out something else, just because this class is just so talented, and when we go through our rankings process, which is super in depth, there's there's so many aspects that that drive into it. And in California, just the number, like a lot of it's a grouping. So like this guy versus that guy are separated by this many guys. Well, they're in a group and I'm coming through your state list and just seeing guys like, yeah, this could be a draft guy. He's in the fifties in the state. Like, man, you guys are just so lucky to have so many good players. <laughs> well, I think, it, you know, we're, we are lucky. A lot of good players, but even more good coaches. Right. And so oh. that's, that, that, that's something that we're, we're really lucky to have down here. Without a doubt, um, the the program just their attention to detail those kids know how to play um we we have some stuff coming out with high school programs and it's just so hard to beat a california program especially in southern california where their bunt coverage is their obviously their pickoffs nobody's more notorious for picking off than a southern california high school team um in general but they just know how to play the game you know in, in this day and age of guys are just in it for me and for their ability to launch angle, high spin, do this with the ball. And a lot of them are playing carnival games versus going out there and winning baseball. Um, California still maintains its pace and knowing how to win. Yeah, a lot of these programs, you know, they, they model themselves after college programs. And it, they, there's not much difference between the two other than the age of the players, right? Oh, and and a lot of them were ex-college guys who played for legendary coaches. Mm-hmm. So they know what they're doing and they impart. It's been a great foundation build and it's been passed down. So kudos to you guys. Awesome. The shooter, man, I can't thank you enough for making time for us. I, you know, I appreciate it. I'm sure the listeners do. And, uh, you know, we'll be checking out more stuff that you'll be putting out on the draft here as we march towards that here in July. See you on the 16th at great park. Looking forward to it, buddy. Big thanks to Shooter Hunt for joining me on the podcast today. Be sure to check out PrepBaseballReport.com for all your news, rankings, and event information. And until next time, we'll see you at the yard.